Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Thanks so much for joining us today uh, here at Faith Baptist Church. We are busy and loving life as God has given us the opportunity to serve him. And I just want to encourage you, um, don't quit serving during the, during the trials. Uh, the trials are there to draw us near to God. The trials are there in some cases to humble us, other cases to teach us patience and continuance to keep pressing on. But God is glorified as we serve him. And uh, there is so much to be done. And it uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't matter if I go to the rest home or the jail and preach, no one there cares that I've got a child in the hospital or or maybe a, an, an, a worry about a doctor's appointment or bills that need to get paid. Uh, I can still bring the gospel and the love of God to people who need it. And my hurt does not erase the um, potential help that I bring with me. And so we want to be very careful. The devil would like my hurt to get me to be crippled and not serve God. And so keep on, keep on, on just keep pressing on for God. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about this thing of what motivates us. Uh, men pleasers, you might use the, the term out of the book of Ephesians and Colossians. Uh, over in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, it says this, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Now, we all know what peer pressure is. And we would all agree that we ought not to allow peer pressure to control us. Most any parent of one time or another told their children um, that uh, they shouldn't do something just because their friends are doing it. And, you know, some silly comments like, if your friends all jumped off a cliff, would you? And and those are, there's no point in making ridiculous statements, although they may be an exaggeration of the, the real thing the kids are doing. But, but you take those same parents who would um, urge their children to not let peer pressure manipulate their behavior and look at them as adults. And I'm talking about Christian adults. The men cut their hair like the other guys do. And you know, the different styles of, of hair, you know, the, the style now is the shaved real tight sides and, and a little bit of hair on the top, which I am thrilled with compared to the long raggedy hair like I had as a teenager and is now popular again. But these guys cut their hair like the other guys do. Uh, they adjust their dress according to their adult peers. Uh, these Christian adults who say to their children, don't follow everybody else, are focused so much of the time on what others are doing in their social life, where they're going, what stores they're shopping at. You look at at um, different uh, websites, and I'm not the, the tech person, but um, now trending. You know, what is trending? Well, th what that is, is what everybody else is looking at, so I should look at it. Well, if I see a something that says now trending, which I can't even tell you where I've seen that, but I'm not looking just because it is trending. And I probably should look so I know what all the knuckleheads are looking at that are looking at what their peers are telling them to look at, but I just got a rebel in me. And um, but, but preachers are no different. Preachers are doing their best to find out what other churches are doing, what other preachers are doing, how they'll fit into that religious climate of their day. And then you look at Daniel, what an example. Um, he went against the grain of everybody. Uh, if you touched his faith, he was against it. There in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, he purposed in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself. He was not going to eat what others ate. And Daniel risked his life 
he wouldn't stop. Um, he just wouldn't. He wouldn't stop doing what his faith told him to do. These are some dietary laws in the book of Leviticus. He's in another country. His church is gone. His parents are gone. His preachers are gone, and he's he's in a place where everybody else is doing it. So what's the problem? Well, Daniel wouldn't bow. And you know the Bible talked about Daniel, um, his excellence, an excellent spirit, and uh, ten times better. Uh, Daniel wouldn't stop praying when the politician said to stop praying. Well, that got him thrown into the lion's den. And uh, Daniel, see, Daniel had no problem going against the accepted, socially accepted norms in any area. Daniel took his stand with God and let the chips fall wherever they would. Daniel risked his career because he stood. And, 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 and along the way, his friends stood as well. See, American Christians are like the Pharisees who whitewashed the sepulchers of the prophets. But Jesus said they would have killed him had they been in their day. Matthew 23 says, Woe to you, verse 29, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tomb of the prophets, tombs of the prophets, and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous, and say, If we had been in the, the days of our fathers, we would not have been partaker with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, you be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Jesus said, you, uh, you're saying you wouldn't do it, but the very way you're living today proves you would do it. Think about this. Where are your children going to school? Um, probably your children are going to a school that that educational decision is being made by what your friends are doing or what your friends would think of you doing whatever it is you're doing. My child's at Harvard. Uh, that would be to wow my friends. My friends are manipulating me. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't send my dog to Harvard. Um, there are there are places that are bastions of godlessness, liberalism, unpatriotic, anti-American, anti-family, uh, anti-God, and many of the universities fill that role. And uh, you know, you uh, and I'm not wasn't saying that about Harvard, although it may be, but um, the the secular institutions have very little regard for the things that you and I love. Uh, you know, you, you ladies, you can you just check out about this, ladies, check your hemline. What has determined how long your hemline is? You'll find that it pretty well matches your friends and changes with the styles of the day. That's called peer pressure. Uh, when I was in, in uh, college, everybody had junker cars because it was more the culture Everybody at college had junk cars. When I started the church, everybody had a junk car. So it wasn't any problem. My car was a piece of junk. But now the people I run with almost exclusively drive really nice cars. I mean, our parking lot is filled with beautiful cars. Uh, and there you go. You probably know what I'm driving. And yes, I drive beautiful cars. But if the Bible said, don't drive a beautiful car, but wear, drive an old junker, then I'd either walk, ride a bike, or drive a rattle trap. See, Somebody has to start letting God be the one putting pressure on our decisions. Who is it? Are we men pleasers or pleasers of God? We read at the beginning in Galatians, Paul said, if I please men, I'm not the servant of God. You know, what makes our churches, what, what makes churches like ours unpopular is that we tend to make people unpopular. We have a tendency in churches like ours to go against the grain of culture and society. And we just lift the Bible up and in so many areas, from marriage to our relationships to our leaders and our government, you name it, we have a tendency in our church and churches like ours 
of just being abrasive to the world. And um, because of that, we may, we make our members unpopular. Oh, you go to that church? Oh, uh, now the peer pressure is on you, but you're not giving into it. But see, the closer you get to the Lord, the less you'll fit in with this world. You see, you you gals, I mentioned hemlines earlier. No one at work is is likely to compliment your mid calf length skirt, or the fact that you don't go to casinos. Oh, I just I just love it that you don't drink at the uh, company New Year's Eve party. No one no one does that. Um, I've noticed that most people attend a church that has good programs and good music. Because that is a socially acceptable thing. Oh, I go to that church because they have, I just love the music program, or I love the programs that they have um, for the young people. And see, that's something you, you can say to your friends, even that don't go to church. And that seems like a good thing. Yeah, you like everybody likes music, and, and programs for the kids seems like a good thing. I couldn't tell you the last time I heard anybody say, I go to our church because of their sound doctrine, or because I really enjoy the preaching. Or I go to our church because lives are being changed. Marriages are being saved. Young people are being uh, surrendering to serve God and being called into the ministry. I don't hear anybody saying things like that. Look, we need to look in the mirror and think, why are we doing what we're doing? Are we being manipulated by adult peers? See, the entire reason for a church, if I were to put down the reason... For church, it would be our, our marching orders, the Great Commission. The reason for a church is to go and to preach the gospel, to win people to Christ, to baptize converts, and teach them to observe all things that Jesus said. That would be in Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, the book of Acts as well, um, one form or another of the Great Commission. Go, win, baptize, teach. We're not on earth to please our friends. We're not on earth to get a big congregation of people where the world feels comfortable going to our church. My family, uh, we live at the end of a little cul-de-sac, only six houses on the little street we, we live on. And um, I will, there's a couple of families have, have children and in a cul-de-sac that small, they'll be on their bikes, skateboards, scooters, whatever. And so I always drive slow coming down that little, I don't know, 50 yards or whatever, how long our street is. When I turn into our street, I'm going slow. I'm not doing that just to save lives. I'm doing it for that, but I'm also doing it to, I don't want our neighbors to worry about me. Oh, here's that old guy driving so fast down the street. Um, so things like that, I don't mind being careful. If the Bible said thou shalt drive fast, oh, now we got an issue, but of course it doesn't say that. Um, Paul said, I become all things for, to all men, that by all means I might win some. He's not saying he'd violate, he, he wasn't saying he'd go hang out with prostitutes to get them saved or that he'd go to a bar and drink liquor uh, to get drunkards saved. That would be violating the command of God. But uh, in both those cases, obviously. Um, but if, if I can be a little more careful in how I drive or a little more careful in how I behave in one way or another, um, if I've got these little dogs that aren't even worth being called dogs, they're smaller than cats. But if I had big dogs, I'd be very careful. Even, that, even, even our little dogs, we're careful when they're outside because we don't want our dogs barking to bother the neighbors. And if I had a big dog, I'd be so guarded that that dog didn't bother the neighbors or get in their yard or do whatever that would be a bother. That's just called, that's called the second great commandment, to love your neighbors yourself. So I'm not saying we should be rude and inconsiderate people, but when it comes to what's right and wrong in the word of God, it doesn't matter what people think. 
it doesn't matter in the least what anybody thinks. Um, I am on this planet to glorify God. In fact, Revelation 4.11 says this, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. Now notice this last statement, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. I am on this planet for the pleasure of God, and so are you. And what we do should be motivated by God and pleasing God. My, uh, my hair length, my wife's hemline, my, uh, the Bible, believing the Bible, my separation from the world, my witnessing to people out in the community, none of those things are up for grabs. Those aren't optional. No more optional than Daniel eating the shrimp or catfish or whatever it was that the king wanted him to eat. He wasn't going to violate his, his biblical mandated dietary laws. He was a Jew, and Jews were told to not eat these things. He wasn't going to get bacon and pork chops. He wasn't going to eat any fish unless it had scales and fins. And that's sad because that means no bacon, and that means no shrimp, and no, there's a lot of sad things there. But um, who are we trying to please? Let's don't be man pleasers. Now, let's get along and let's be good to people. But when it becomes a matter of right or wrong, according to the Bible, we ought to do right according to the word of God. And if we get tossed in a lion's den, well, there we go. And uh, we may be delivered like Daniel or we may get to heaven. But either way, it's going to be a good journey. And so let's be careful to not let peer pressure push us. Let's be pleasers of God more than pleasers of men. Mm -hmm.